Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO. And today we're not coming from our studio in lovely Connecticut. We are in lovely St. Paul. I've got a special guest, someone I've gotten to know over the years here, probably since we've been involved in the race, Virginia Brophy Ackman, who is the executive director of the Twin Cities in Motion organization, which runs many races here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, but most importantly, the Twin Cities Marathon. Virginia, thank you for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And Virginia, we're here in St. Paul, and this is the correct place of where we are. We're at the Expo, but this is in the center where the Wild play, the Minnesota Wild, correct? Yes, yes. Which is the St. Paul Convention Center? The River Center. St. Paul River Center. Thank you. Thank you. So, Virginia, before we start recording here, I know you mentioned I've got you down. You've been the executive director of Twin Cities in Motion since 2004, but you've been with the organization since 2000. And this is going to be on Sunday. We're recording here on Friday. So by the time this gets aired, it'll probably be in a week or two. So this will be post-marathon. But so this marathon will be your 20th marathon. That's right. It will be. That you're involved in. Not running. You don't get to run. No. Because you're working that day. That's right. But we are going to talk about your running career in a bit. What does that mean to you to be here for 20 years? I, I feel so blessed and I, um, it's an honor to be here. We have a, such an amazing organization and, and I have to tell you, it never, I'm never bored, never two years in a row are the same, so there's always variety, um, but I'm always in awe of um, the staff and the volunteers who put in just countless hours uh, to, to plan it and um, we're so fortunate to have, we have this uh, organization called the TCM association and it's made up of over 380 year-round volunteers who help us plan and since I've been here the volunteer is just as important as the day I started um, if not more so because we do year uh, year-round events as you said um, and so I'm always just uh, I'm just it's a delight to come to work and I think that's something that's you know for our involvement and we've been involved in the race I think since 2015 as an official charity partner 2016. Um, it's just amazing to see a lot of familiar faces, but a lot of new faces year after year. Cause that's really, I mean, at the end of the day for any race, I mean, regardless of even now use New York road runners as an example. And I've, you know, we've talked about this, you know, even they have a large staff, but they rely so heavily on volunteers. So every race relies on those volunteers. Those are really the lifeblood. I think of a lot of these events that go on, uh, throughout the country in terms of the organization and the structure and everything that goes on. So it's, it's really the lifeblood of that for our audience listening at home. We've got a pretty vast audience. I mean, we've got patient advocates, we've got patients, we've got runners, crossfitters, uh, people who don't even know, what maybe the Twin Cities in Motion is and what they do throughout the year. And maybe this is the first time hearing your name. This is always our opportunity to give our guests kind of the opportunity to share with our audience a little bit about their background. And you can go as deep as you want, or you can go as surface level as much as you want. And uh, so this is your opportunity to kind of give our audience a little bit of your background. Twin Cities in Motion is uh, 38 years old. This is our 38th year. And when it started in 1982, it was a marathon. And it was, so our company was called Twin Cities Marathon Inc. In 2006, we realized that we are not just a marathon. Um, We added year-round events um, and realized that our calendar, because it's year-round, it made more sense to rethink our brand identity and our name. And so we re- launched our brand to be Twin Cities in Motion because we are just year-round and have so much going on. Um, We are a nonprofit 
We uh, have a board of directors that oversees us. Uh, we have a staff. Uh, when I started, there was three of us, and now there's, uh, between full-time and part-time, there's 25 of us. Um, and then, like I said, the 380 year-round volunteers. And when I think about, like, your organization, I think that, I think in the time that I've been at TCM, um, the charity aspect of our sport, for, for our sport and for our company, for TCM, that, that's what I think has been the most amazing transformation over time is how many nonprofits choose to participate and partner with us. And we love it. Um, and I'm so glad that we can provide that platform for organizations like yours to come and run um, and, and raise funds and just be part of that bigger community. And, and I think, you know, over time, our number of partners have grown and, and I'm always in awe and amazed at all the stories. I mean, every single year there's a new person that comes and runs and they're passionate about what they do and and it's very um, inspiring. Well, I always say thank you guys for allowing this. Being a nonprofit, you guys can just select one charity and not necessarily open this up you know, or your own charity, right? Your own, what your own mission is. You don't have to have a charity program. Yeah. Right? You At the end yeah. of the day, like, yeah. the, you know, being transparent. I mean, like you guys are a charity yourself, so you could put on all these great races, do these events, and then support the great things that you guys are doing here in the local community and not necessarily allow, i.e. a Project Purple to come in and be part of it. So thank you oh, you're for welcome. giving us that opportunity. You know, I think that's I think that's why we're uniquely positioned being a nonprofit, helping other nonprofits. And and I and I can't imagine it any other way. We you're right, we do have friends at TCM. You know, we we raise funds so that children have the opportunity to come and run and be a part of this great sport. Um, but there's room, right? There's room for all of us um, to use the marathon and marathon weekend as a platform. Um, and I can't imagine it not being open to the whole community. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. How did you get to TCM? Well, um, I actually. And how did you get to Minnesota? Because for our listeners at home, and we've got a, 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 you're smiling. I wish we had a vlog a lot of times because just the reactions <laughs> and some things. But you're. I'm actually originally born in Queens in College Point, New College York. College Point. So yep. you've been around because mm -hmm. you went to. I, my, my father, growing up, my dad got transferred a lot. So we moved from New York to Minneapolis the first time, mm -hmm. then to Seattle, then to Omaha. And then I lived for a little while at Fort Campbell in Kentucky. And then I moved back here. And this is the longest I've, this is home. This is the longest I've been somewhere. But you went to school in. I'm a Cornhusker. I went to Nebraska. I graduated from Lincoln. We've got a lot of Nebraska followers. And this is, oh man, I've been so busy with work, but I'm trying to pay attention. And it's, it's going to be, I think, an interesting season again. Building years are tough. Correct. And, <laughs> and, and I went there when with Coach Osborne and, yeah. and when they went to uh, to uh, college bowls. And, and uh, so the it's kind of hard. It's hard when <laughs> but but I'll always I'll always be a Husker. And next week we've got a specially big game. Yes. Because the Cornhuskers are coming here to Minnesota. I uh, looked at the schedule. I'm going. You're going. I got tickets. I'm going to the game. And something that I'm going to throw in here. And I just was uh, just got to meet Justin Grunwald. Oh, yes. And you guys have been great with them. He was just saying how they're here in the corner. And I know you guys knew Gabe and did stuff and are doing stuff, which is awesome, which ties back that community. And Justin just told me how he's going to be able to he's going to actually do the coin flip at the Nebraska game. For oh, I'm the start of the good game. for him. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an honor. So, it's an amazing honor. Who are you going to be? What What are you going to be wearing when you go to the oh. game? Nebraska clothes. I will be the only. I'm so I'll be in and amongst the Gopher fans. I imagine, yeah. and I will be the one standing up loud and proud cheering for the Huskers. 
awesome. I love it. I love it. Our Nebraska fans are cheering. This will probably air probably the, the week before the game or shortly yeah. thereafter. So, so we'll they, see how it goes. We'll see how um, it goes. We, and just bragging rights, Minnesota has the largest alumni. Minnesotans for Nebraska, we're the largest, largest alumni group in the country. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. So yeah. there's probably a lot of there's bars lot. in the area that yeah. have the big red flag yep. out there on game day. Not the Minnesota red flag, but the Nebraska red flag. That's right. Go Big Red. So then you go to school in Nebraska. You were mm -hmm. born. You kind of moved around. And then what brought you back to the Twin Cities? Because family was yeah, here at that time? Yeah, my family moved back here when I was in college. Um, and I actually, in my former life, before running um, as a career, um, I was in higher education and student affairs. And by the time I um, got my master's degree and, and I kind of decided that I was ready for a change. Um, and my volunteer experience at races is actually what helped me get my job. I started out as the our race ops and finance manager. Um, and because I had helped put on races and, and I'm a 20, five, 26 year volunteer with Race for the Cure. So I have experience. Um, and that volunteer experience is what landed me the role at TCM. Um, and that was a, in 2000, that's the first time there was ever a staff. Um, that was a newly, it was always volunteer run um, group. Um, and they decided that they wanted to have day-to-day uh, -day accountability and planning. And so um, there was three of us that got hired in June of 2000. And you were one of the three. And I was one of the three. So if you go on, you said you started when there was three. Now you're up to 25, which is part-time, full-time. Yeah. What's kind of been kind of the craziest thing that's happened during that time frame? Because I'm sure with, with, not necessarily a race, but just like, you know, maybe that you look back and you go like, oh my God, like that, we were doing that, you know, way back then, or this happened and how we dealt with that or how we survived that, right? Well, I, I well, I think fondly about Expo. And, and the reason why is when, when I first started and for many, many years, we used to have to manually assemble the chips. Oh. You know, put the put yeah. the chip on the on like the bands, know, the, right? Yeah. yeah, and and make uh, and physically make goodie bags. So in the time that I've been here, we now have uh, chips that come on the back of your bed, yeah. and everything is virtual, right? It's a green yeah. and friendlier uh, component. And so we finally look back and say, boy, it was fun to do it, but at the same time, it was two weeks before the race. That's a really big task, and yeah. so you know, it's kind of nice that we don't have to do that amount of work right before the race that's crazy i mean i think clearly with technology and the advances yeah. it's oh. been amazing yeah. right yeah I mean, but it's, if you look back even like the the tear-offs right you go to some 5ks yeah. depending on the size they have the tear-offs yeah you know, yeah so. yeah when i first started getting my experience i was putting um the tear tags on popsicle sticks and, and the spindles, right? And the first, and one of my first races when I was here, it was winter and I was freezing. And I just remember shivering, trying to put the, get the spindle through the hole. And, and I was like, this is nuts, right? Why am I doing this? But then I fell in love with it. And, and you know, now it's, that it is amazing for technology because it makes our life easier. Um, social media is, I think that's probably the biggest game changer in our sport in terms of mainstreaming for citizen runners, because it, and for, for, comp, you know, for organizations like you, it's gotta be just such a great way to get your message out and for us to get our message out. And, and that on, when I, when it first came out, when social media first came out, Facebook came out, I said, oh, we're never going to need a full-time person for that. Oh my gosh, you could have a whole team, yeah. you know, to, to take full advantage. Um, but I think it's a great tool because it helps spread the word and it helps let people who maybe don't run have a chance to have a peek at it and say, well, maybe I can do that if they can do that. And when people tell their stories, like maybe someone can relate to that. It's so powerful. And I've always said, um, 
when we started Project Purple in 2010, Facebook had started, right? I think Facebook was established like 06 and then 08. It kind of took some, you know, traction to get it going. And then it really kind of exploded, I feel like, when we started Project Purple. And what I mean by that is I think there were people on there, but then it became mainstream. Like if you didn't have yeah. a Facebook profile, you were kind of missing out. And like, you know, when my in-laws got on Facebook, I was like, oh, wow, okay, now everyone's on Facebook, right? And you have your, you know, you have your these grandparents and this older generation, you know, that don't even know what a computer, don't even use a computer day to day, but they're on Facebook, right? And then the evolution of the smartphones and then, you know, the, how that all changed, like I think social media as a whole for good and bad. But I think the one thing that it, you just said, the stories which is so powerful for charities because you can encapsulate something amazing or for your event, like the feeling of crossing that finish line and being able to either show it in a picture or show it on a video and someone sitting at home, sitting on their couch, maybe eating something that they shouldn't be eating, Cheetos or Doritos, but then being inspired by that because social media allowed you to do that. So it was really kind of a game changer, I think for a lot of a lot of people, which is really fascinating. You've done a lot of jobs in my research, you know, and again, since you started from the very beginning, what's the one job that you feel has been kind of the most fulfilling, you know, at TCM? You in know? my time here? Yeah. Um, gosh, it's, it's hard to pick. I, you know, because when you start out small, you do all the jobs. And so as we've gotten bigger, obviously we've become more specialized um, in, in all the roles. I, I actually enjoy working a race. I really do. I enjoy, you know, being right on the line with everybody and setting up and tearing down and um, just interacting with the runners. So I don't know if I have a, a particular job that is my favorite, but I love when it's the time in our jobs where we get to be with the runners. Well, I know we saw each other at grandma's and you said you were going to be down at the finish line, which you really, you were kind of jazzed about it. You were yeah, like, I, I, you're kind of excited. Yeah. yeah, I get to volunteer. So is finish. it, and that's something that's really cool that I I've seen being involved with as many races as we are that a lot of, it's a kind of a, there's a family there yeah. between the race directors and yes. especially here in Minnesota, you go up to grandma's, you guys help out them. They come down here, they help out. Does that make the job easier naturally? I mean, that's kind of a silly question to ask, but I would imagine having that communal feeling like you're not alone on a yeah. uh, on an island yeah. doing yeah. your own thing. Yep, and you and you have someone you can trust and someone who appreciates and understands the dilemmas sometimes and the challenges and and um, knowing that you can say here you can can you oversee this area and know that it will be it'll be done well. Um, I just think it's fun to go back and forth and and share best practices and we learn from them they learn from us and um, and I think I think it's very rare right in in any other business or industry people don't share and no. and I love that's you know if it's not a it's a volunteer role that I play but I'm part of NCS four which is the National Center for Sports Spectator Sports Safety and Security. Um, I love that our industry came together after the Boston bombing and said, we want to help each other be safe. And we all came together and we did a brain dump of best practices. And we're on the fifth year now. We have this 280 page manual and we all share it with each other because we want we we're all invested in each other because it makes it better for all of our for our whole sport. You know, we want you to come to a race and feel good about it and have a good experience and then go try another race. Um, and it's important because of the venue that we have um, to come together and really share. Um, 
because 26.2 miles is a long way. It's a long way. Yeah. And I've always said too, I think even for what we do, ideas are somewhat cheap, right? Like everyone has ideas, but it really comes down to execution and you know how you execute them here versus how someone executes them somewhere else in the country really doesn't come into play. Like it's not competition at the end of the day, but it bettering both groups, right? So, and, and sharing that is just so powerful. And I think maybe it's because you guys are a nonprofit and you get that. And I've always said like, what we do is not rocket science. Like, you know, we're very, uh, very focused in the pancreatic cancer space, but that doesn't mean that, you know, someone at LLS or, you know, Girls on the Run or one of these other great other organizations, like I was talking to Justin about like, you know, stuff that we do and stuff that they can do. Sure. Like it's all, you know, the more good that's being done in the world, the better the world's gonna be, especially now, right? Like, especially in the day and age that we have right now. So I'm gonna shift gears here for a second. I wanna talk about you, we're personally running. We're talking about being here at the marathon and all the things you're doing to putting on the marathon, but you are a runner yourself. I am, and I am I'm so grateful that I got to run the Menchang Twin Seas Marathon before I started working here because I, I can't run it. Um, so I'm, I'm feel fortunate to have experienced it. Um, but I am a runner and when I'm a healthy runner, um, I can run a marathon. And so I'm training for a marathon right now. Um, so you're I, doing CIM? I am. I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'll put it out there. I'm trying to qualify, uh, for Boston. Um, it's, you know, in the job that I'm in, it's hard for me to find the time to train. And so I'm making uh, a commitment to myself to try and you know what, and if I don't, it's okay. I, I'm enjoying the training and, um, and the fact that I'm healthy and, and the people that I train with, I love to be with. Um, and it'll be a fun adventure. So I did some research. I got to hide my notes here so you don't see what's coming towards you. You've done 10 marathons, I believe. Is yeah, it this 10? will be my 11th. So 11th marathon. Good. I'm good there. Running history, you've done grandmas quite a bit, which makes sense because, again, if you're not working here or if you're helping out there, then that's in the spring. You can train and do that race. But you've also done, I believe, and this now hearing your personal background, you did New Jersey Marathon in 2005. Madison in 2009. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Eugene in 2016. Yeah, that was fun. They all were fun, actually. So putting you on the spot here of the 10 marathons, which has been your favorite? TCM. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm biased. I, I actually, there was no hesitation there, <laughs> no, Virginia. I, love I, I enjoy all the races that I've done. Um, I really have. Um, but you just can't beat TCM. You can't. I mean, it's urban. It's beautiful. The spectators are just amazing. Um, and yeah, it's in my hometown. So I'm doing the race on Sunday. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to, to hear about your experience. I think my training's gone well. Um, so I will have a, a report for you Sunday after the race. When you run and, you know, these races, you've done some of them here. I mean, 2005. So you were here at TCM running all these races. Mm -hmm. And you said something before you're training for CIM for you. You really like the Boston qualify doesn't happen. It's okay. But do you go in there as, okay, I'm running my race or do you run to say, or do you, when you're running like, oh wow, maybe we can do that. Or, oh, I've never thought about that. Can we bring that back to TCM? So is it part business and part personal or is it more personal? Yeah. You can't, I don't know if you that's can't hard to turn off. that yeah, off. You, you right? can't ever shut it off. Um, but that's not a bad thing. I don't mind. I am always observant, whether it's a 5k or a mile or a half or just a fun run. I, I, my brain is always on that way, but I, but when I'm in racing mode, I can race. You know, I'll pay attention to everything prior and after, but during the race, I race. Race. Yeah. So 
with that being said, what you guys have done here, and I want to talk a little bit about TCM because the marathon's the big event that you guys do. Crown Mm -hmm. Jewel, right? Mm -hmm. But you guys also, for our audience listening at home, and some of them, you know, I think Minneapolis, and and before we were talking, we were recording, I said, this is our ambassador summit weekend. So we brought in 14 people from all over the country. I think it's a great destination. I mean, I've never been here up until about four years ago. And I think everyone thinks Minnesota, it's cold, it's hockey, it's frozen, the tundra. I mean, I think up North, it gets kind of cold, you know, like maybe Duluth doesn't see above 80 ever during the year, seldomly. Right. But Minneapolis is a great area. I love the food. I love the people. Uh, the weather is seasonal, just like it is in Connecticut. Um, so I think it's a great area. But you guys offer a lot throughout the year, though, correct? It's not just the marathon weekend. There's so much going on throughout the year. Right, right. Which, hence, when when I mentioned about our name change, because we were always in the fall. And then we added a one-mile road race in May. And then we added a kids program. So we have three kids races, February, May, and October this weekend. Um, we added uh, a 4th of July half marathon. We added a Minnesota, it's called Hot Dash, the Hot Dash, and it's a Minnesota-themed uh, 10-mile and uh, 5K in, in uh, March. And then, of course, you know, you got to have a holiday in there, so we have a Valentine's Day 5K. Um, and so when you talk about weather, the, I will say Valentine's Day was minus 8 this year. <laughs> so that was a little unusually co- more than more than normal cold. Um, you know, we have our, our brief stint of freezing cold, but most of the time it's not bad. And I will say October, I mean, there is a reason the marathon's in October. And it's the best time of year for weather. You know, it's just, it's, and it's pretty, but it's, it's, it's the calmest time of year in terms of temps and weather. And, um, but yeah, we have races, we have races February, March, May, July, we have three races in May. We have a women, we, uh, we, um, at, here's an interesting fun thing. So another nonprofit, um, men crew, uh, came to us and said, we've been putting on as volunteers, this women's only race. Um, women run the cities and we're volunteers and we're tired and we want to put it on anymore. Would you buy it from us? Cause we don't want, we don't want our legacy to go away. And, and, and it was, it's perfect partnership because we, we were able to take it over. They still participate. They get to enjoy the fruits of the labor of that 10 years of love of building mm-hmm. it. And, and we have resources that will allow it, you know, to flourish and, and continue on. And so I'm really, I'm really excited that they, thought of us to carry on their legacy as a nonprofit. Um, and so that adding that women's race to our portfolio has been just really fun. We've had it for three years now. So how many races a year? Well, we'll say for 2019, will you guys be involved in coordinating, putting on, orchestrating? I'm going to count on my fingers because it's just <laughs> so we have two in February, one in March, three in May, one in July, and then, you know, Marathon Weekend. And then this last year, um, we actually took on Girls on the Run, and we put on their two 5Ks in the fall, their 5K in November and their 5K in June. Um, And we've just done one of each, and we love that partnership. They were already our partner, you know, as the nonprofit giving back. We have three youth partners that we raise funds for and donate to them. Uh, And Girls on the Run, uh, Boulder Options, and McGeezy, and the YWCA. So we have four partners. Um, and they've been our partner. And then last year they said, could you put on a race for us? And it was like, well, yeah, we have that skill set, you know, so it's a great, it's expanding our partnership and we love putting that race on for them. So all told throughout the year. When you count all the races, it's 27 over eight different weekends. Which is a lot. Yeah. Actually, the one miles on a Thursday night. Actually, the mile is the one, the one that's the most different because it's a weeknight yeah. and it's um, and it's downtown. It's really cool. It's downtown, and you get the pros to come in and corporate teams 
participate. Yeah. Um, that the miles fun because it's just a different kind of race for us. Yeah. So, looking at your professional career, though, you had a lot to do. I mean, I, I'm reading here as I read because I've got to read on this. You're still involved with Susan G. Komen. You've been heavily involved with Susan G. Komen for quite some time. Uh, you were on a bunch of other boards uh, throughout the years here locally. So was that something, and you started being involved with Susan G back in like the mid nineties. So was that kind of what led you to Twin Cities? So, um, cause most people don't like, and this is and the reason why I bring this question is because I think what I've seen, people don't tend to go that charitable route, right? They either go like into the for-profit space, they have some life altering experience and then they're like, okay, then I go into charity like for me sure like i grew up as a roman catholic we were charitable we gave back but i wanted to make money you know and i ran a, a pretty successful i think insurance business and then my dad gets terminal cancer and then i had this epiphany to start a charity you know which led me there but so what was kind of the track there i mean you were in education but that's still not well depends if you talk to teachers today it's like, <laughs> yeah no, you know, most teachers are cha charity yeah. they are they are so um my i have two aunts that um had breast cancer one um survived and just you know passed and it just lived to be an old age and my other aunt died um actually from the cancer but from the treatment because it was a long time ago yeah. and you know it wasn't as you know understood as it is now and it's my dad's sisters and so my dad um uh the first so the very first year of it i didn't live here and that's it was the year i moved back so i moved back after it started my dad did it the first year and he said hey i'm doing this thing you know let's, let's do it in honor of your aunts and i'm like of course and so year two so they're if they're 27 years i've been doing it 26 um um, but it was it it was to pay honor to my aunts, uh, my dad's sisters, um, and then of course that became a family. Uh, we're all volunteers still to this day um, on that committee, and um, there there's a small staff, but the the the, the steering committee is the same volunteers. Um, you know, been there a really long time, and that's a family. And and you know, good or bad. Um, I have a lot of friends who've had breast cancer and I just, you just know more, know more and more people. And so I feel really strongly like I'm fortunate to be healthy. And so I just want to give back. And, and you know what, it's just fun. Like every May I get to see, like you said, the familiar faces here. Mm -hmm. I have familiar faces that come and seek me out and say, hi, how are you doing? We're so glad to see you. And, um, so for me personally, it was, is it's to honor my aunts and now some of my friends. And, um, um, I think What's really hooked me about is I just when when I really am passionate and what I love to do, then that gets me on these other paths. So whether it was with you say track and field as women's LDR chair or this NCS four or um, or sitting on these other nonprofit boards, I just I think it's important um, to give back, and I'm just passionate about it. But I think it's important to give back, and and if there's a way for me to help share some expertise that I've learned along the way, I mean as a nonprofit, you know I I've actually just joined. Um, track girls, um, is just a newly founded nonprofit. And, you know, they're like, we don't know what we're doing, you know, from the, from the, the administrative side. So mm -hmm. we just sat down and mapped out what it means to be a nonprofit, you know? So if I can help with that, that's, that's, that's easy for me to do. Growing up, was your family involved in like church or charity? Yes. I'm uh, I grew up Catholic as yeah. well. Um, and you know, we were always doing things at church and, you know, and, and like, even like to this day, my dad, um, delivers meals and, you know, helps, uh, St. Vincent de Paul. Um, and my aunt, uh, one of my, uh, my dad's other sisters was always, um, 
just giving up her time. Um, I, you know, it's funny when you grow up in it, you don't, it's just what it is, right? I mean, we've all, I've always volunteered. You're told when you're growing up, it's like, okay, we did the routine like every Sunday, you knew you were going to church, right? And then yeah. you would go to, for us, it was like, we go to the bakery and get- A donut, do right? Yeah, we I'd did. get donuts or, you know, my mom would get the rolls for the week and yeah. then you go somewhere, you stop somewhere else. And that just was, there was no thought to, you just did it, right? Yeah. And, and you it's weren't family told why. Time, you know, and it's funny because looking back, so we were, I was just talking earlier, we're talking about somebody who's having kids. And I joked that we had three, I have two siblings, so it had to be kid, parent, kid, parent, kid in, in the pew. Pew, yeah. Because yeah, you the boys can, yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't keep your hands, hands off of each other. But but I look back fondly at, you know, you know, sure, was it always easy to get in the car and leave on time? No, my dad would go nuts because we would never be on time. But but I think back about after, or in church too, but like afterwards, like that family time when you, we'd go picnic somewhere or, you know, or, or, or do a church activity or give back somewhere you know doing a church activity so you've always kind of had that ingrained in you so yeah. that kind of almost comes natural i guess it would say for someone who didn't have that growing up which is a little bit foreign yeah yeah i just you just always help people and i i well i i i hope i think there's probably more people than not that help each other it just comes out in different ways true true so you're also on the board of running usa yes and We've got some friends that we know mutually. We're part of Run USA. And I, I know going to the last meeting and getting the follow up, you know, we talking, and this is more running as a whole, you know, marathon. industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the industry is down. What are some of the, the challenges that you think the industry has as a whole? Not just, yep. you know, not yeah. what you're experiencing yeah. here, but it, well, as, it's, you it's know, the, being a leader in the space. It's a conversation we're all having. And it's, it's how to be um, relevant in a time when there's so much to choose from. You know, why, you know, when, when we look at um, people are running, um, but they might be doing it in other ways, right? CrossFit gym or, or just going out for a run, but they don't necessarily participate in a, in a road race. So I think for our industry, it's, it's understanding what the customers like, um, you know, the running boom has ebbed, um, and we're in that space now. And so like, how do we find ways to engage people? How do we say, come and be a part of it and how to provide, um, experience out of outside, you know, you have to have experience beyond the start line, right? So it's how do we find ways during the year to, to build relationships. Um, for TCM, one of the things we've done is we launched last marathon last year, a year ago, uh, Rewards Emotion. And we wanna say, because we know, um, because we care and value our customer, we wanted to say thank you. So when you run with us, you get, when you sign up for races, you get points and then you'll be able to redeem that for perks. Uh, and really why we did it is to say one thank you to honor and acknowledge people who spend year after year, race after, you know, and maybe it's the once a year for the marathon, but maybe it's the other races during the year. We wanted a way um, to say, you know, thank you and, and thanks for being a loyal customer. What are some of the things the whole industry could do better with? Oh, that's a good question. That's, that's a hard question. It's only because even though we're, we're all races, we're all different, right? We all have different um, challenges and every city is different, but I think in terms of what we deliver, it's, it's how do we, cons how do we consistently showcase the run, you know, that, that part of it, right? How do you, how do we, how do we make sure that when you show up to a race, you know what to expect, start course and finish so that when you're doing your training and, and, and you show up, you know, you can just have your day. Right. And I think there's varying degrees of that. Um, you know, there's people who are newer to it and, 
so how do we help people understand what the sport is and what putting on an event means and how to be safe and how to have fun and um, be respectful of, of what the customer brings, right? Um, I think the big, honestly, I just think the biggest challenge is how do we find ways to engage with people? Um, we're all competing for discretionary dollars and time and, and the things that you, where, where you're spending your time. And we just have to figure out, um, and I say we because it's going to take all of this to, to provide a product or, you know, a, a, a consumable good, the race, um, in a way that the, the newer runner wants. It, it's tough. Yeah, it's a challenge. I, I think for me, I mean, I had a reason to run, but why I got hooked was the, that adrenaline rush when you realize at the end that you had accomplished something so special. Um, and I think there's just something for me, I always enjoy the training and not so much the day of. Sure. So it's kind of that journey along that way to get to that point. And I I think that's something that's a little bit lost and and well I think they've I think marathons have gotten better with like offering training and yeah, online yeah, the, assistance yeah, yeah. and talking and doing group runs in certain yeah. areas. Um, but I, I think that might be something I and I think a lot of first time runners, you know, it's funny, we we will see surveys on the charity side, like, oh, what's important to a runner, you know, to charity runners? And you typically training is at the very bottom, which you would think would be the difference. It would be different. It would be at the top because I always say it's an experience, right? Like you don't want anyone showing up here on Sunday that has never ran, you know, uh, you know, trained properly. No, it's say. not safe. Right. It's not safe. <laughs> and right. And you'll feel not it, so good. After exactly. <laughs> so we want those, you want people to have an amazing experience. And part of that is you have to train for an amazing experience, right? You have to put the time in. And I actually enjoy putting the time in. Some people don't like that and they more like getting the medal at the end and the, the yeah. celebratory beer. Um, but so it's very interesting to me, and I think that's something that might be lost a little bit from other folks in this space, you know, because I think that experience that people have is just euphoric when you've crossed that finish line. But in order to have a good experience like that, you have to put all that time in. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. And you're right. And it's and we talk about we don't want to just have a relationship from the moment you hit enter when you register. We don't want it to be register and then the start line. We want to engage. And I, you're, I th actually, I think that's actually probably our biggest challenge is how do we provide um, tips, tricks, you know, what, how can we, what, what, what does matter to you and how can we, and it might not be us, it might be a partner because we can't all be everything to everyone, right? So how do we find, forge partnerships and, um, and provide support? And support can be a lot of things. You know, it's, I don't have anyone to run with. Can I find someone to run with? Or I don't know where to begin to find shoes or what to eat or how to, you know, build nutrition or, but I think, I think what people, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, um, but I think people today just crave together, to be together and community. have community. And yeah. community can be online. You know, because if you're across the country, you can banter and train and you and I can have fun. Um, well, especially then, now with Strava and all yeah, these other, yeah. you know, Garmin, Polar, they all have built these communities. And, you know, Apple does it with the Apple Health Watch and, you know, the, these kind of uh, you can have contests on, on a lot yeah. of these online systems. So, But I think the thing I've noticed when when people get to race day is you can see the 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 groups in in a different and it's i don't know how to describe it it's very different than when i ran so when i ran tcm in 1995 it was like club run was like it right there's 400 of us and it's all gung-ho and and run 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 right now it's 
it's still train and run, but it's the camaraderie and it's to your point. It's so what it's what gets you to the start line. Um, and so how can we help um, be a part of that and make your life easier so that you want to so you get to the start line? Where do you see TCM in 10 years? What's your goal? Do you well, first of all, do you have a 10 year plan? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, well, actually, we we are just we are in the midst of it right now. How did you know? <laughs> um, you know, we we want to continue to be um, uh, the, the the dominant running company in the Twin Cities, um, only in that to provide great opportunities so that people get hooked on running. You know, not about like you got to run a race, but just to experience what a good race is so that you'll go out and continue on down that path. Um, but we also think about, you know, we're in motion. So what other things, you know, what other uh, ways can we support in motion? You know, um, so we explore, part, we, you know, different opportunities come up now and then. And so we explore beyond just running. But right now, right now we are focused on running, um, but continuing to have that 365 day experience is definitely a, a bigger down the road goal is how do we be relevant all year round. But here in Minnesota, they do. I mean, I've been here in January for a lot of the charity meetings. And I mean, the trail system is cleaner than the streets when the snow falls. Yeah, and I know is. you guys have been fortunate that I mean, I think last year was a bad winter or two years ago, but the winters have been pretty somewhat mild. So they're still manageable in the winter time. But yeah, I but mean, there's a great trail system. Yeah, I will tell you. Um, and, and then only because I run on Minneapolis and St. Paul trails, so I, 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 I'm not as familiar with the suburbs. I know that they plow too. But Minneapolis and St. Paul in particular, as soon as it snows, the trails are cleared. cleared and yeah. we have a walking path and a biking path in the summer. And in the winter, obviously, they just maintenance one because, A, there's not as much traffic and it's expensive. Um, but you know that you can get out for and, and walk or run or or. <laughs> The winter biking to me is the big fat tires. Oh, the fat right? tires. And yeah, I've seen guys. There's yeah. bikes everywhere, which for me personally is scary. The thought of wiping out because on I guess bike. on my feet, I feel like I have a little more control. Yeah. Um, but we're fortunate. Um, when, when it gets icy, it's tricky, but snow is fine. You know, it, it cleans up. So we, we um, you know, winters, <laughs> winter can be anything, right? So like last year, um, it was great running till February. And then Super Bowl Sunday, it got really warm and then it dropped to 10 and the, the rain came and it shellacked the city. Yeah. And then we had ice till spring. You know, in some winters we get snow, but no ice, then you're good because then they can plow it. Yeah. Ice is tricky, I think, for it running. Is. It is. It's I don't something. like the treadmill and I've probably spent more time on the treadmill in the last year than my whole life. <laughs> The things we do for training, right? Yeah. Um, one, a couple more questions here, but one for you in particular. We've got a pretty vast audience, as I said, and I know we talked a lot about the marathon, and we mentioned a couple of things. But here's your thirty seconds, two minutes. Why come and run? the Twin Cities Marathon for those people listening at home. Sure. What really makes it special? I know you said, you know, running through the suburbs, the fans are great, but. So we have a rich history and a rich tradition, which means we have a community that supports us. I mean, we have 300,000 spectators and you are never alone on that route. And that route truly is gorgeous. You are in an urban setting, right? You start downtown Minneapolis and the minute you leave, you're on trails, you're on parks, you're on lakes, you're on the river, you're on boulevards with trees and beautiful homes and 
Um, you go over the Mississippi. You do. You you start in Minneapolis near the the Viking Stadium, um, uh, and then you work your way through Minneapolis. You cro- you go uh, along the Mississippi. You cross the Mississippi, and you come back out up into St. Paul. Um, Nineteen miles are in Minneapolis, and the last uh, seven are in St. Paul. Um, but it's fall. It's beautiful. But I will tell you, it's um, the the volunteers really make it beautiful. The, our volunteers are so attentive and I, you know, kind of, I liken it to the, the, to the three bears, it's, you know, it, we're not too big. We're not too small. We're just right. We're big and urban, but you are very special and you feel, um, you, you, you feel well cared for. Um, and that's because all the volunteers and the staff, um, pay great attention to that detail. Um, and I think, um, having, having a community that supports you you just it, it just changes the flavor of it and and i will tell you we are so fortunate i've run a lot of races where you don't get to have the streets closed and that's all that that makes all the difference we have road closures from beginning to end you don't share the road you can just run and not worry about traffic and that matters too and and i and i reckon like i i appreciate minneapolis and st paul for that because we know a lot of our our friends and peers in other cities don't have that luxury that's a scary, it's, special. it's, it's special. And it's very scary. I will tell you as a runner, I won't mention the race. It was a half marathon, but still any, I think any race, when you have open, when you have a mass volume of people, let's say thousand plus people, that's a lot of people to put on a, on a, yeah, on like a 5k. This race was about 5,000 people and there were cars on the course how freaky that is, you know, and I was in Boston in 2013. And so everything has always changed for me from that experience of just being, I think maybe a little bit more socially aware at these major events of God forbid what happens. And I was even at another race now that we're talking about this, which was like a 20,000 person race. Both of these races are on the West coast and I'm not trying to, other than stating the obvious, but that course was open to traffic too, as well, which was just scary in this day and age. So I appreciate that that you guys have the ability to do that. The other thing I want to mention too is I think you know just from coming here, and this is kind of I've always said from being born and raised and lived my entire life on the East Coast, coming to the Midwest is such a, it's almost like a religious experience because people are so genuinely nice, which we should be which they kind of, I don't know, that, that got missed somewhere in New England. Somewhere, and, and, and you know, I'm going to probably take a lot of crap for this, but I don't care because I, like, and this is what I, what I always say. Like this morning we ran, I told you before we were recording, I always say good morning to people. And it fascinates me. I have a game when I'm in Central Park to say, say how many people, more than 50% if they say good morning to me, you know. But here everyone's happy, everyone's polite if you say good morning or, you know. Sometimes people want to talk to you too long. Sometimes I find, <laughs> yeah, which is well, okay. We're friendly. It's okay. But uh, I, I think, you know, my point here is coming here is a great area. Um, the hotels are so great. You've got a, you know, Minneapolis has a plethora of hotels. So lodging doesn't become an issue like some no. other races. Yeah. You know, I, that is the other thing too. I think, I think it's restaurants. You've got a mass ton of restaurants. Like, yeah, our food scene is great. And I, and I, and I, if I can do my plug, I guess we are a top 10 marathon in an urban setting that is easy to fly to not expensive to stay. The hotels are not horribly priced. Um, the food is amazing. Mall of America, you get to go shopping. 
Um, biggest mall in the in America. In I don't America. know if the, I think in the, the U.S. Yeah. Um, but but and culturally, like there's art, there's theater, there's you know the Twins go Twins. You know they're going to start the playoffs tonight with the Yankees. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We've got a home go, game Monday. Yeah, so, so go Twins, and you know we have the Vikings, and um, we have a great partnership with them too, because um, we share that space on Sunday morning yeah. when there's a game. Um, but we have art and theater and restaurants and. Um, 50 in the Minneapolis park system, you can bike or run for 50 miles in the city on a path. I don't know very many cities where you can do that in a city, city yeah. you know, in the city of Minneapolis. Yeah. And St. Paul, I don't know how many, the mileage in St. Paul, but it's, a, but you can get all around on, on bike paths in both cities. It's phenomenal. Well, we've loved the partnership that we've had here. And, and it's always, like I said, it's a, it's a great race to come to and see a lot of friendly faces, as I said, and every year that seems to grow. Uh, so we appreciate the partnership with you guys and it's been amazing to see it grow. And it's also awesome to see you at Run USA and see you guys at Grandma's. It's always, I think, you know, as big as the running community is, you know, what's their like, I th the number was like 54 or 18 million people. I forget the millions of people who run a road race, you know, and you think like, wow, that's so big. It's so vast, but it's also so small. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's good to yeah. see friendly faces. Well, when you say at Running USA, you know, that's our trade organization. Yeah. That's so that if there's 600 of us there, that's the people who are the heart and soul of the race directors, the the timers, the, you know, all, all the things that the, the people that make the bibs, you know, all the things that you need. Um, and I love that you and your organization come to that because you're part of it. You're part of our industry. And I think I, I value this partnership a lot. Um, I think it's fun to watch you guys grow in our market. Um, it's fun to see you in Duluth. It's like, oh, there's my buddy Tino. And, and getting to know you. And we can just sit down like this. And I won't see you now for a little while. And then we'll Until get back together. February. And, and we'll share, yeah, to you, right. Yeah. yeah. And our next conference. But, and we'll share stories and, and, uh, uh, I just, there's a genuine, there, there's a genuineness to our industry that I personally value and try to nurture because I think, you know, the world's a tough place sometimes. So if we can find ways to, to care about each other, this is a great way to do it. Well, I appreciate it. And I know everyone at Project Purple does as well. So last question and probably the most important one, if someone is listening to this, and says, oh, this sounds amazing. I want to go do the Twin Cities Marathon for 2020 because can't do it for 19 because it's going to be here in, in two days. What's the best way for them to learn more information about the marathon and what you guys are doing here in the Twin Cities, uh, St. Paul area? So our website is tcmevents.org. We have a Facebook page um, with information. I can tell you that we launch registration in February, so you don't want to miss out. Um, we launch, uh, we, we tend to launch around Groundhog's Day <laughs> for whatever reason, which is where we are. Uh, so beginning of February and, um, you can always, uh, Facebook us, ask questions, uh, on Facebook or just contact us at info at tcmevents.org. We're happy to answer any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you, Virginia, thank for you, Dino. taking an hour out of your busy schedule. I know we were trying to do this for a while and I said, you sure you want to do that marathon weekend? Aren't you going to be busy? And he said, yeah, yeah, I got, I got like a couple hours I can yeah. make this happen. So appreciate you coming on the Project Purple podcast. I hope our listeners enjoy listening to this podcast. And as we say here, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks.